you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. everyone and welcome back to another episode of the half step pod i am your co-host connor lane across from me as always grant fisher grant it's been a minute dude how you doing yeah it's been a while yeah we've had uh things come up that have delayed the recording of this episode but we're back at it uh very exciting um some stuff to recap some stuff to go over um the track and field world is is heating up right now you know you got the trials right around the corner um we're recording this. It's currently June 2nd. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when this will release, but we're into June, which means we're in the month of the trials now. So um, it sneaks up on you quick. But yeah, exciting times right now. Yeah, we were we were going to do like the, the pre-Oregon race uh, or the pre-Portland Track Fest race, that like pod that we kind of normally do. And then it got to like Thursday and we were like, has really that much changed in the last little bit? And then all of a sudden it was like right before the race and you were traveling and it just, it just, we didn't, we didn't hit it. Um, moving forward, this is week 10 for me. So after this week, we're going to probably be able to be much more consistent with scheduling because I will be way more free. Um, which will be helpful, uh, especially because we're going to have to start prioritizing your schedule. What with, uh, a couple of these races coming up, huh? Some of these big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Some, certainly some big ones. Uh, yeah. So yeah, June's an exciting month. It's kind of a make or break month for, a lot of people in track, uh, the Olympics only come around every four years, so everyone wants to make the most of it. Every five years and then yeah. three years <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird cycle now, but yeah. Typically, the norm. Um, I So, I mean, we should we should dive right into the Portland Track Fest race this past weekend. I don't know if everyone uh, watched it, because it was like a $6 uh, fee that seemed to go to the athlete pot, which is a super cool idea. Um, I feel like several meets have done that this, this year. And I guess, that, you know, it seems like a really good way to grow kind of the prize pool, uh, get better competitors in there and better quality races. Uh, and then I was on the website watching it on your, like on the login info you sent me in, I guess they're all free after like a week. So hopefully if people didn't watch the race live for whatever reason, you'll be able to check it out, uh, now or afterwards or i guess like this weekend uh after after it's been that week but yeah it seemed like a really good kind of like rev sharing thing they had going on there at least did you do you know anything about that yeah um kind of like you said it, the first meet that i have been to that has kind of adopted that model were the sound running meets that were held in uh like just outside of la um i've raced there a few times and um yeah, it's a cool subscription-based, or not subscription-based, I guess. It's uh, just pay-per-view. Um, and, PPV, you know, baby. Yeah, if you're interested in watching a specific meet, you pay the five or six bucks and you get the login, um, which which is cool. You know, it keeps you from having to fork out like 120 bucks a year or something um, if you just want to watch one race, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like if my grandma wants to watch me race at some random meet, and it's on a subscription site that costs 120 a year. Um, you know, you have to pay a little bit more money. And then, you know, my grandma's not going to get much use out of having this subscription uh, besides just watching me race this one time. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't say she's, you know, studying the game quite quite that much. So, um, yeah, it's a cool Shots model. Shots fired at grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool model. Um, yeah, a lot of the revenue has gone back to the athletes, which is awesome. Uh, really cool to see and uh, the production has been great um, kind of like you said it, it sounds like the the footage will be released this weekend so that'll be I guess June 5th or 6th at some point um, I would imagine it'll be thrown up on YouTube or something so um, by the time this podcast actually comes out that shouldn't be too far off of, of yeah. when you're listening yeah um so yeah those are, that's kind of the logistics behind it do you get to uh sleep in sleep in your own bed for for a night in portland before this thing yeah it was an interesting um interesting feeling you know i haven't been home in about uh two months now i've been at altitude um and before that i was in flagstaff at altitude camp for about six weeks so really 
like for all of 2021 so far, I've only spent maybe five weeks in Portland, um, which is kind of crazy. So it was nice just to get back, be in my own bed, um, you know, drive my own car around, uh, you know, have my own space, have my own place and kind of be on my own schedule a little bit. It was quite nice, quite refreshing. No, it's gotta be. I mean, altitude can be a grind, as you said. Um, probably nice to step back down, even if it's for a short amount of time, uh, in your own, in your own kind of, I guess, adopted city now. Um, I, okay. I want to talk about the race itself. Uh, I was, well, cause this was Saturday. I was with the guys. Um, we had been watching regionals or whatever. And then we saw your, like we saw he, the first he had the 5k come in and we were like, what happened to Grant? Um, because I didn't know that this had been the plan or whatever. I don't know how long you've known this was going to be the plan. And then someone like re updated it. Cause it was a few minutes after the race. So it was after that next heat had gone and it was like, Oh no, there he is. Like, like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Grant grants uploaded. Cause for those of you who don't know, you didn't run in the, in the top heat. Um, you ran in the, I guess, second heat and Lopez won the top heat in 1326. And then you had to run and ran 13, 19, five. For the win, closing in a uh, in a fifty five seven, and it looked, dude, it looked pretty quick. Uh, that that last like six hundred, especially. I I there's a lot of things I want to talk about this race. It was a really interesting race to watch. But first of all, the big question everyone's got to be asking: What was the deal with the heats? Yeah, yeah, I I forgot to tell you this beforehand, but um, yeah, the plan all along was to run in the second heat of the five k, um, and there are a couple reasons for it, uh, like. So Woody, Kieran, and I ran in the second heat of the 5K, and Lopez ran in the first heat of the 5K. Uh, his heat was supposed to be paced to around the Olympic standard, which is 1313. Uh, and my race was supposed to be paced to either the trial standard, which is 1325, or a little slower, somewhere in the 1330s. Um, and just at the state that Kieran, Woody, and I were in training, um, we've already raced a few times, and uh, Jerry wanted us to get in a hard effort, but not like a effort that's just going to wreck you for a week. Um, you know, the, the Olympic standard, we all already have it in the events that we want to run. So we weren't really chasing times at that point. And Jerry was really, really keen on us running 65s, 66s, 67s, 68s, somewhere in that range. Uh, just because generally that's how that's the pace range that 10 Ks are run at. Um, and oh. the 10 K is the first race that we'll do at the trials. Um, so yeah, the plan was to, to get in that second heat and, and get used to feeling that pace. Um, because we haven't run a 10 K in a while. I've only run one 10 K ever. Um, Woody's only run one 10 K ever. Uh, yeah. So just, basically trying to get to feel 10k pace without actually running a full 10k um, and then try to close at the end get used to that championship style race uh, just strategy of you know trying to be composed relaxed at the race pace and then still be able to close hard off of it so um, it was I was definitely kind of surprised when Jerry told me about it uh, about the plan and I was kind of like, hey, if this is what you think will prepare me best for the trials, then I'll do it. Um, I'm I'm in for the plan. Um, it was kind of weird just watching the first heat run and just kind of be like, I, I kind of feel like I should be in there, you know, <laughs> especially seeing Lopez. Um, Lopez was on a little bit different of a plan because uh, he hasn't raced in a competitive non-time trial race in about two years. So for him, he wanted to get in and like be in the thick of a real race um, and wanted that hard effort because he hasn't been in a race in quite a while. Um, he hadn't done any of the races that we'd done uh, so far in 2021. And uh, he had raced in 2020, but they were Bowerman team only kind of time trials. So he really wanted to get back in the thick of it and get a really hard effort in um, and work on closing at the end. So slightly different goals um in dropping down to do this race so that that's why we were in different heats okay and the, and the first heat ended up not really being around olympic qualifier pace though 
Yeah. You couldn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of kind of weird situation, you know, that the second heat ended up going quicker. Um, you know, you never really know in these races. Sometimes these races go, sometimes they don't. Um, and that race was kind of on it and then kind of slowed down and then they closed hard. Um, but I know some of the guys in that race were looking for an Olympic standard, but, you know, the, the pace just wasn't there over the second half of it. Um, and then our race, on the other hand, went a bit quicker than expected, uh, where where we were expecting more of a 1330 to 1345 race. It turned into, you know, what uh, a 1320 race. Um, so, you know, everything, it doesn't always go to plan, but, uh, you know, you got to adapt. Well, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what. On the on the website, it says all heat results are eligible for the prize money. So <laughs> just just so happened that second heat ran a little quicker. Pretty nonchalant of you to say that. That's a min thousand bucks in the pocket, and then depending on how many people I guess tuned in, that's going to be added to it. So uh, got it. I mean, just a nice little pickup there for, for running in the slow heat. Uh, kind of a little little run around there you feel like you got one on lopez a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, who yeah. knows how it would have gone if you were in his heat but like yeah, yeah i was kind of picked it up there yeah it was definitely definitely interesting i haven't heard anything about the prize money so i, I don't know if if lopez gets it or i get it or or if we split it or what's gonna happen um but yeah it was it was definitely a, a good race experience um I, I won't start breaking down the race if you have some some talking points that you want to guide guide through no i mean i, I think we're ready to start breaking down the race right. um <laughs> i it, it it started and i mean it seemed like the pacing was um i mean obviously not aggressive aggressive in the sense of like you were running approximately 10k pace but it definitely you know you you kind of let it go a little bit i feel like woody was up there kieran was up there um and I mean, I feel like you might be able to do a better job of describing these first couple laps, I guess. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of let you take it from there and jump in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so essentially the race plan, you know, I, I kind of went over the goal of the race. The race plan was for all of us to kind of be in the pack, um, and then close the last mile hard, um, and kind of progress over the last mile. Um, the, the race plan on paper was that, None of us were going to lead until a mile to go. Uh, we were just going to sit in the pack and let the race play out the way it plays out. And if it goes fast, if it goes slow, it doesn't matter. We sit in the pack and try to, you know, feel that rhythm, feel that flow, kind of like I was talking about. And um, yeah, and, and Jerry told us before the race, uh, just with a mile to go, there's three of you guys in the race. Sort out amongst yourself uh, how you want to break it up. But I kind of he kind of wanted a progression, uh, like a progressive squeeze over that last mile. Um, mm -hmm. So I spoke with Woody and Kieran, and uh, Woody wanted to take one mile to go to 800 to go, and then I was going to take over at 800 to go and um, and lead it and until the last lap, and then we were just going to race the last lap. Um, and uh, yeah, the gun went off and we kind of, Kieran, Woody and I all lined up on the outside and sometimes it's hard to judge how fast you're going out just because you're all staggered relative to the, to the group on the inside. Um, mm -hmm. And we came to the break point at about 100 meters or at exactly 100 meters. And the rabbit kind of had a, a little lead on the, on the pack. Um, and... Woody like got right on it and, yeah. uh, I, I kind of tried to sit in the pack. Um, and rather quickly, I realized that Woody and the rabbit were kind of pulling away. Um, they gapped you a bit. Yeah. Quite, quite, quite immediately. Like two or three that. seconds, like, <laughs> at like 1200. It's like, wh what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was trying to stay in the pack and, and stay relaxed, but after, you know, yeah, maybe 800, 1200 meters. I, I don't remember exactly. I realized that either I'm going to sit in this pack and, you know, try to execute this race plan, or I need to modify the race plan and, uh, like just race basically, or, or get my way up to that front pack. At least, um, Kieran had already bridged the gap. So I think, I think there are three guys up with the rabbit at this point, And I was kind of in this, this chase pack. Um, and 
yeah, so so pretty quickly I realized that yeah, the race plan needs to be thrown out the window. Like mm-hmm. I, th- this one is it, it's not going according to plan yet uh and won't for the rest of the race. It, it's time to you know, saddle up and close this gap and and get on that front pack. So um so yeah, I slowly tried to close it down. Um the rabbit was doing a great job. He was clicking off the, the splits that he was assigned, you know, 65s. Um, and uh, it was just that the, the field didn't really go with it. Um, the only people that really went with it were Woody, Kieran. Um, I think Opsa Ali was up there. Uh, and then by the time I made it up there, I was also in that pack. Um, and yeah, I tried to just be smart with it, close the gap slowly. Um I knew because it was a rabbited race, I didn't have the same urgency to get up there as a non-rabbited race where a breakaway happens just because I, I guess I didn't know Woody wouldn't go around the rabbit, but I was highly confident that Woody wouldn't go around this rabbit and start hammering uh, just because I knew what the race plan was and he's my teammate. And I know him pretty yeah. well. I, I would have been completely shocked if he went around the rabbit. So I knew the rabbit was going to click 65. So I just needed to click some 64s and I would make my way back up there. Um, yeah, you really did it gradually. Um, which I mean, again, like you said, comes advantageously from knowing not only your race plan, but Woody's race plan and the purpose of the race. But you know, yeah, you won't have that same level of security at trials, but I also assume that like at trials, there's probably not going to be people off the front at that pace, at least if anyone wants to take it, they're going to have to run faster than that to get away from people in, in the 10 and the five probably. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Although, you know, looking back at the race, it was very good practice of, you know, what do you do when there's a gap opening? What do you do when your race plan isn't going, you know, according to plan? Um, you know, this was kind of a lower stakes meet, you know, much lower stakes than the trials, but it was a good opportunity to practice, you know, what do you do when you see daylight up ahead? Um, and how do you close gaps? You know, how do you do it as relaxed and as, uh, you know, in a way that conserves, conserves as much energy as possible? Um, so, you know, in the race, I was a little annoyed that I had to close that gap and that I let it open up. But, you know, sometimes things happen in races. Sometimes you fall asleep and you look up and there's a breakaway and you need to close it. Um, and, you know, you got to figure out the best way to do it. So it was good practice closing that thing down um, and just, you know, trying to do it smooth. Yeah, it definitely seemed like good practice. And then it kind of, I mean, truthfully, the race is, is boring in a sense once you you catch up and then the pacer will step off the track. And even then for a few laps, it, it, really, it really became just you and Woody um, by about 40, like 4K of the race, like, 3,800. Opsa was there for a while, um, but there was daylight and all of a sudden you two were right together. It's good to hear what you said that Woody's plan was to take it from a mile to eight to go because watching it live, I was like, dang, Grant's really sitting on him. <laughs> so it was, it was good to know that he was like, yeah, you take that second to last lap. And it, and it made more sense than that because especially when you're talking about this last mile squeeze, I was like, yeah, I, I assume they have some sort of plan. But I mean, sometimes you guys don't really have a plan it's just it seems like jo to say someone needs to take this i don't really care which one of you takes it um so yeah i mean the big point is almost uh so woody moves to the outside of lane one to let you through to lead the second to last lap and the announcers were confused i mean obviously teammates and stuff but and then you know i you start I mean, you ran a 61, he ran a 63, so it kind of, it opened up right there. And obviously the plan was for you to lead that lap anyway, but with, with the way that it ended up happening, it just kind of looked like he moved out of the way. And then you, you know, not that you immediately sped up like in a, like intentionally trying to immediately drop him or anything, just you started rolling, but it was, it was kind of like funny looking in that sense, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess you expect, did you expect him to come out to lane two for you? Or did you like, you know, I don't know what y'all do in workouts when you transition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much how we transition in workouts. If we're ever splitting up a rep, the person leading will move out to lane two, and then the person behind will have a clear path in lane one to get to the front, and then lane t- the person in lane two that was leading will tuck back in. Um, okay. So it is it is a practiced maneuver uh, that, that we have done. Um, but yeah, by the time I got to Woody, you know, we weren't quite at a mile to go yet. Um, the pacer had stepped off at that point, and 
what he was already leading. Um, and he was pretty, pretty comfortable, it seemed. And <laughs> what one really funny part is if you watch the video, when we come around the 200 mark, I think it's caught on video one time, but Woody starts like pointing and, and yelling something. You, you can't tell in the video. Um, and uh, what, ha what was happening was Jerry wanted us to feel 65s and 64s, or sorry, 65s and 66s. And when Woody was leading before that mile to go point, uh, there was a clock at 200 meters and there was a guy standing there giving splits, but he was giving cumulative splits and not lap splits. So we would come by and we'd see the clock say 836, 837, 838. And this guy was standing there with a stopwatch going 836, 837, oh 838. <laughs> and that was happening the whole race and nobody was giving splits at the other, at the finish line either. We just could see cumulative time on the clock. And so Woody was trying to get this guy to give lap splits. So He's pointing at this guy and saying, or gesturing at him and saying, can we get lap splits? I, we need lap splits. And we do another circuit and he keeps giving us the cumulative split. And Woody's getting more and more frustrated because he wants these lap splits uh, just so we know how fast we're going. I mean, you you could look at the cumulative split and do the math. Um, it's just hard. So, yeah, it's just hard sometimes, you know you're running quick and it's tough to tell exactly when you cross the line to like look over at the clock and then, you know, memorize the time and then you come around again and then you, you know, do a little subtraction, figure out the time and you might be off by a couple of decimals. It's just not what you want to do in a race. You just want to hear numbers. Yeah. You want to hear 65.5 yeah. or something like that. Uh, so Woody was getting pretty pissed trying to get this guy to, to give this official um, to give actual, or I don't think he was an official, he was working the meet. I, I don't know exactly what his role was, but he wanted these splits. So if you watch the video, you can see Woody. They only show it one time he does it, but he's like desperately trying to get these lap splits from this guy. So it was pretty funny. Oh, that's like, that brings up like three things. First of all, Woody seems hella alert during races. <laughs> like, I mean, they're, they're, I feel like I'm a pretty alert racer as well. Like just like maybe not like not paying attention, but like tuned into what's going on like around, whereas like other people will like, like, oh, I didn't even hear that you were yelling. And you're like a foot away from the track yelling at him during the yeah. race or something. Um, so it's cool that he, it's cool he's looking to do that. It's, yeah, cumulative splits are useless. Just useless. Um, at, the only ones that are important in a five that I would be able to recognize would be the two-mile split. You know, I get mile and two-mile split. Um, and obviously what you're saying is we could do some mental math and be like, okay, at, like, you know, I'm at 8.08. Now I'm at 9.13. That lap was a 65. But like, yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, you don't want to be thinking anything. You definitely want to be thinking 808, 808, 808, 808, and then 913, 913. Okay, what is that? Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like a burden. Yeah, if, if any, hey, any meet officials or in this case, like dudes at 200 meters of a race, just super, super easy way. Just, just lap it when they come by and lap it again and don't move. Because, you know, people struggle with that. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I'm far away from the finish line how am I going to lap it when they run by? It's like, not only does that not matter, it's also useless for you. Cause when, they, when anyone runs by your point on the track, if you lap your watch and you stand still, you will get a 400 meter split when they come back around. It's yeah. crazy how it works, but I promise, <laughs> I promise that's how it works. But uh, yeah, it's funny. He's freaking out about it, trying to get it right. I mean, you guys were really on 65, 64 for most of that. Uh, don't see too many 66s in there, but can't can't get everything that you want just looking at these heat sheets oh well we also didn't know we how fast we were running like well exactly so like i'm pretty, pretty we, we were trying to be approximate yeah yeah what he was trying yeah. to be approximate but yeah I, when he I, was god when he was talking to this guy or kind of yeah i wouldn't say he was yelling at him but when he was trying to get this guy to give lap splits i was like man what he's got a lot of energy he's like speaking in complete <laughs> sentences <laughs> and i'm like i'm like trying to conserve my energy behind him and stuff I was like, damn, Woody's that's fresh. <laughs> that, that's that last 400 right there. Woody, Woody's <laughs> got to be kicking himself for that one. But um, yeah, no, it's just like, a, excuse me, sir, can you please fix the lap? <laughs> like run, runs by another lap. Um, I yeah, I I don't know. That definitely could get you. I mean, mentally. I I also think if you're looking at good, you know, like good runners, like talented runners, pro runners, elite collegians, whatever. Um, I feel like. 
if you all have a 65 to 66 range and you're on your own, you're going to miss low rather than high. Uh, most in terms of like the split that you run, like it's going to yeah. be, you're not going to miss 67, you know, you're going right. to miss 64 yeah. uh, rather than <laughs> missing high. So, I mean, cause at the end of the day, like you can handle it and that's kind of what you do. Now the key is not being like a lot of us in high school and running like a 60 instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or freaking out just staying in the range so yeah you did a great job of that um he kind of moved to let you go through you close in 61 55 doing some quick mental math there that's what like a 156 for the last eight and i mean looked really smooth dude um how the last 400 feel or like that last i mean really like 600 the whole thing was a squeeze but that last 600 especially yeah it it felt really good um you know, I was trying to be progressive in it. Um, you know, sometimes when you're in a race, it's hard to really tell how much you have left. Um, so, you know, some people like that's where you see some people overextend themselves early and tie up. It's also where you see people, you know, have this, you know, nasty last 100 meters or something, but maybe they could have closed faster if they, you know, weren't as conservative earlier. Um, so it, it can be hard to to gauge it that far out. Just how much you have left, how much gas to put in and how much will leave you where, you know, you essentially are trying to finish on empty. If you go with the car analogy, you know, you're trying to put as much gas as possible, but not too much, uh, where you run out of gas early, but also, uh, not too little that you finish and you have, you know, a bunch of gas in the tank still. So, um, just trying to be progressive in the squeeze, be smooth, um, yeah, it felt really good. I felt really powerful, um, felt in control and, uh, was able to, to come home pretty hard. So, uh, that, that, that also was part of the race plan, trying to run some fast laps at the end. So, um, feel like we, we got the job done, but yeah, it felt really good. I was, I was very happy with, with how everything was. And, um, it was a bit of a hectic race, but, or just not hectic, but it just didn't go to plan. Um, but I feel like we still got the goal out of it. Yeah, it definitely seems like you did. Uh, this is outside the top ten most important things that you would think about during a race. But let's talk about let's talk about implementing some style in these finish line sallies. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see hardly any finish line celebrations. Never been your style at all. But if you could, right? If we're if we're taking out like all of the you know like competitors watching you do that and getting pissed, like teammates making fun of you, like <laughs> all all of that general stuff, like. Do you have any ideas for something that would be sick crossing the line? Especially in like a low, I mean, you don't want to bump a lower key race and be like super stoked, like a huge celebration for winning the Stumptown meet, even though, you know, there are some good runners in it. Um, but at the same time, like when you maybe have the freedom to think about it, like, wait, you got anything? <laughs> like, like, what, like what oh, we got man. queued up in case the trials go well? Well, yeah, for, for the Portland Track Fest, especially because I was in the second heat, there, yeah, no celebration there. You should not um, be celebration. That, that would have been a bit disrespectful, heat, yeah. I feel like. Um, not really my style. <laughs> I, I've seen some good celebrations out there. Uh, some, like, I personally liked when Centro did the little, like, slit the throat thing. I know people, uh, people didn't like that. That was maybe five five years ago. Uh, I thought that, was, that one looked pretty cool. Um yeah, I don't know. Phone call I, one too. Yeah, he's done the phone call one. I think he did that at an indoor meet. Um, yeah, you have to be you have to be pretty confident to have the celebration planned out ahead of time. I usually try not to ever think about like ever <laughs> what it's gonna feel like winning a race before I even start it. Um, just like don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, you know. Um, I feel like that's yeah not what you want on your mind. What you're gonna do crossing the line, and then you know you get halfway through the race and it's hurting and people are taking it to you and then you're just like uh oh yeah you don't want can't, your head too far yeah you don't, you don't want, want to be thinking about, about your excuse. celebration <laughs> yeah i don't God, know no. I, no 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 i don't know like usually you know when there's a tape that you're crossing like there was at the portland meet uh you kind of have to put your arms up otherwise it's kind of awkward when it just like kind of hits you uh so you gotta put your arms up in some degree i just kind of moved my arms up a little bit to to let it go by but I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty low key about that stuff. Um, I don't know. The arms out is like a classic one. Um, just like, I feel like that's a celebration in all sports, just like hands out to the side. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. The, the first, no, maybe like the, one of the earliest tapes I ever broke 
was that dash for Dubu, which is like two mile in uh like rural western north carolina um every year like the week before footlocker regionals or whatever and it's always really cold and i was really tired um and like i it was this big it was like a hoka sponsored me and everything about the hoka brand is like big things so it, you know like the shoes the support the tape was really like thick like wide <laughs> and or i guess like vertically wide um in in terms of tape and it was really cold and it was up like it was it was kind of low so i easily should have just like lifted my arms over it but i didn't and i just kind of like hit it and like like went like kind of ragdoll into it because i didn't <laughs> lift my arms and kind of caught it with my <laughs> arms and like almost like rolled and like immediately started laying down and i just i have i have a video of it i'm sure it's still like locked on a mile split account somewhere um <laughs> but man that did not that was not a good look so yeah subsequently you got to lift the arms you got to lift the arms as you're going through anything uh at, at the bare minimum you know or yeah like people have like punched tape before um, <laughs> the other cool one was galen doing like the baseball swing mm, yeah which yep. is pretty sick but he had so much kt tape on his body at that moment <laughs> that it was like a little bit less sick but still props to him i mean if you yeah Stumptown might not be the place to do it but uh maybe one of these high profile ones will get something super choreographed out of grant <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah i would return to yeah not not really my style to have that all <laughs> planned out um not really where i want my mind to be especially because my spur, next race is the, the trials <laughs> yeah yeah if, if something comes comes to me or like comes to anyone like i've no, nothing against celebrating you know it's it's a high emotion like time um but yeah, not. I wouldn't say anything too choreographed would be my style. I mean, your your whole kind of vibe, according to like Instagram, like running meme accounts, is like looking very picturesque as you finish, right? Like very <laughs> serene. He, he he, not not ruffled at all. Like his hair is still in place. He's smiling. There's that one from Pac-12s that one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like, man, he's really vibing right now. Um, so yeah, maybe it would be a little bit out of place to see you actually start getting into it. Um. No, I mean, totally respect is important and you don't want to start just doing some dumb stuff on the track. Um, but yeah, okay, so do you have anything else to say about, about the race? We, we, you already kind of wrapped it up. I just didn't want to, just in case we missed anything. Um, yeah, no, nothing major. I guess as an just like general overview of the meet, we flew down the day before, um, did pre-meet at Nike. Uh, so that was cool, kind of being back on the Nike track. Um, it's a gorgeous track. I. I, if you've never seen pictures of it, look it up. It's it's in kind of sandwiched in the middle of the woods on the Nike What's campus. What's the deal with it? Is there are there trees on the no, no? There's not trees on the on the infield, is there? There's trees on the infield. Oh and my trees, god! Trees on the outside. Yeah, oh. uh, look it up if you've never seen it. Um, uh, yeah, if you follow running, I'm sure you've seen people post pictures of it just because it's a gorgeous track. Um, but yeah, I was able to do pre meet. You know, have dinner just in portland it was really nice my girlfriend came out uh to watch so nice to spend some time with her and then um we flew back the the next morning uh back to park city so um gotta gotta preserve that altitude boost and uh yeah we're up here until the trials uh some people are actually racing tomorrow which is june 3rd at the stumptown meet um in back in portland so some people are, are traveling down again today but uh, for me and a couple more of the like longer distance people, we're, we're staying up till, uh, till the 10 K dude. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Cause you, you mentioned it a couple of times now, next race being in trials, but also we're confirmed going to double. Uh, the, the confirmation is that I'm entered in three events. I'm entered in the 10 K, the 5 K and the 1500. So, but uh, we're running the 10 K, <laughs> which is for sure. But yeah, I'll, I'll run the 10 K at least at the start. Um, and then, you know, decide what, what's coming next after that. But yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah, well, we, we never talked seriously about the 15. You don't, you don't have the A standard in the 15. I don't have the Olympic standard. I just have the trial standard. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say that would be like a, like a less likely scenario me doubling back in the 15, just because there's, you know, three rounds and it's not really, what I've been focusing on in training as far as, you know, trying to hit the, the paces required to run a fast 1500. But um, technically it's on the table. The, the yeah, you want to keep the people guessing. The triple is technically on the table. I, I highly, uh, I won't say it won't happen, but 
I would say Vegas odds are probably highly against the triple actually, uh, you know, me lining up for all three, but yeah, they're, they're at least there, options. There's three, um, there's three rounds of the 15 and there's two rounds of the five. And then Correct. there's obviously one ten. That would be a lot of races. It uh, would be a lot. Made all three teams. <laughs> we're, we're talking about six of them. We're talking about what, uh, like 24,000 meters of, 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 of running. Yeah, which is it, a good amount. It it would be a lot. It would be unprecedented yeah. for for a good reason. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> um, but we're yeah. in it for now. <laughs> the ten k guarantee is is maybe the biggest thing. Although I feel like it wasn't. You would definitely have, you have number one time in the US. Still, don't think it was too much of a shock to see that. But it being official is very cool. Um, and that do you know what day it is? It's early on, right? Yeah, it's uh, I believe it's the eighteenth, uh, the first day of trials. That's in 16 days. That might be in, I mean, less days by the time this comes out of there. We're talking two weeks. So, yeah, it's coming up. That's That's got to make you feel excited, dude. Yeah, yeah, it is It is very exciting. You know, I've mentioned before on the podcast that, you know, the trials at, the, at times had felt really far away and, you know, this long off thing. But, you know, one day you wake up and it's, it's there. And I'm getting closer to that day now. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, just you know, a lot of, a lot of energy and effort has gone into preparing as best as possible for this one race. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see what I can do. And, um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hard race. You know, the, the U S has a lot of very, very strong distance runners right now. So, um, certainly it's going to be, going to be a battle, but I'm excited. How many, do you know how many guys off the top of your head have the A standard in 10? Uh, the Olympic standard in the U.S. I think it's around eight to ten people. Um, okay, so that's a good off amount. Off the top of my head, yeah, yeah. It seems like most of the distance events on the men's side have maybe around ten people that have have the standard. So for people who don't know, uh, there is a A standard, which is the like requirement time you need to have run at some point in the last you know qualifying period. Usually it's two years, but it might be longer this year because of everything that's happened um, in the last like qualifying segment in order to be eligible to run in the Olympics, even if you make the team. So you have to be in a, in a country like America, you have to be top three at the trials, but you also have to have this mark um, in other countries that maybe have less deep like fields. Uh, you have to just hit the mark kind of requires you. Uh, and then obviously there's middle ground countries that still have more than three people with the standard. They also have qualifying races as well. There's a B standard, which is the trial standard, which gets you to, into the meet to compete at trials. Um, so it's a little anticlimactic to not have the straight shot, like top three go system. But at the same time, I mean, it, I guess, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of the right thing to do at the same time, uh, for sure, to have like a, a qualifying standard at some point. And that, that's a worldwide standard, that A standard. So it's not like America is just picking that out. Um, and the only other thing is there is typically a period of time after the trials where you're, you can go chase that standard if you don't get it. Is that that's still happening this year, potentially, or no? There's no chase period this year. Um, and I, I will add that to complicate things even more, the, um, the world system now, there, right? there is There's a world whole... ranking system so even if you don't have the olympic a standard um which for example in the 5k is 13 13.5 um if you don't have that but if you're ranked high in the world um you can still be eligible to make a, a u.s team for example um the good thing is you know the u.s trials are a very high caliber meet and if you were to finish top three in the meet you would collect a lot of points towards your world ranking so unless you came from absolutely nowhere you'd probably have a decent shot at still making the team even if you didn't have the standard um, that is pretty cool that's i'm glad that that's kind of a thing yeah it, it kind of complicates things um a little bit but yeah i mean the trials are so fun to watch you know every event the drama is just it's it's unmatched you know it's like you have to show up on that day and perform um doesn't matter how good you were yesterday or a year ago or two three years ago if on the day you don't perform you're kind of out of luck um so because of that you have 
you know, these storylines of people that come out of nowhere and have the race of their life at the trials and, you know, make a team. Uh, you also have favorites that, uh, you know, maybe their buildup wasn't optimal and, you know, maybe don't make the team. And the, f- the finality of it, just the permanence of that one, two, three finish in every event is really, yeah, the drama is crazy. Um, so you see like so many emotions, you know, everybody is built up to this, this race to try to qualify for the, the Olympics. And um, it, as, a, as a fan of track, it's, it's really, really cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, just to cap off the conversation uh, about like the A and B standard and the chase period, I think in 2016, Craig qualified, but didn't, he was top three, but he didn't have the A standard in the 15 yet, Craig Ingalls. Uh, and then I think he went and got it like the next week. That might be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happened because I feel like I remember seeing tweets about it. I think or it, might, was, it might have been a different year as well. I think Craig was fourth in, in 2016. Um, well, maybe it was 2017 then. Yeah, like maybe 17. Meet. Yeah, the, the chasing period. So in, in years prior, like in 2019, for example, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure they allowed this at least. Um, you have the U.S. championships, and if you finish top three, you make the team if you have the time. Uh, but if you don't have the time, sometimes they give you like a month afterwards to try to chase it. And if you can get it, you can make the team. If not, they go down the list of who finished fourth. And if they have the time, they'll go. And then if not, they'll go to fifth. Um, did it happen in 2019? Cause didn't Josh Thompson go? Oh, you're right. It did, did not didn't happen. Something and he didn't yeah, get a right. chance to do it. S- same with Woody. Yeah, you're right. So 2019, this didn't happen. Um, Cause the 15 was like, they had to go kind of far down the list, right? Yeah. To, yeah. To get it, I think. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. Uh, that was wrong. It didn't happen in 2019. No, but, but... historically, and like since it got to be 2017 definitely was then. Cause you're right that Craig was, wasn't he like fourth and fourth and or fifth and fourth and the eight and the 15 in 2016. But yeah, 2017, he made a team was able to chase it, hit the standard. I guess they've taken that out. I feel like maybe for more finality about the trials themselves, although with the world rankings points, I guess it's still not really, still not really final. And I mean, I, yeah. I, when are the, when are the games? Cause they're not as late as they were going to be. Yeah. They're, they're about a month after the trials. Um, so, so it's not a ton of time. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure why some years they allow you to chase the time and some years they don't. It very well could have to do with how much time there is between the U.S. championship and the actual like champion world championship or Olympic games. Um, they also might have truly like just stopped it because 2019 didn't have it. This one doesn't have it. I feel like I, I thought I had remembered like hearing or, or, or reading or something just like that it was kind of. You know, th- th- what what the trials wanted to do was name the three participants on the team at the trials, you know, even if that yeah. was fourth or fifth place or whatever. I don't know. Uh, we got we got to look more into that before we start <laughs> telling everyone what's facts on the pod, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's typically how it's worked historically. And I mean, obviously, Grant has a really simple path. He has the standards. If he is top three in the 10, the five or the 15, <laughs> he goes. Uh, also clutch to get that uh, all those all those kids in the NCA run in the week before at nationals uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a dodge on on the pro side uh, all those guys if I do say so myself what with what with the talent coming out of the NCA system yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting you know the NCAA season is is you know it's a grind it's intense uh, you have to race quite a bit um, you got to go through rounds Um and yeah, you have NCAAs a week before the trials start. Um, depending on what event you run, you might have more like two weeks after your NCAA race and the trials race. Um, but yeah, it's very different than the approach that a lot of pros are taking. Um, you know, a lot of us raced last week. Um, some people will race this weekend. Um, I don't think really anyone will race next weekend in, in prep for the trials. Um, you're just able to pick and choose a little differently. Um, which, you know, you, you could view the NCAA season as an advantage, though, too. You could say, like, you can get sharpened up really well by all those races. They can act as really nice sharpeners, and you can be really, really hot going into the trials. Um, I wouldn't say that's what pros are telling themselves about NCAA kids. I, I would imagine that pros are thinking, you know, these kids are going to be tired from all of these races. Um, and, you know, I'll be, I'll be fresh and peaked up. Uh, They'll be going through emotional highs and lows. And then pros, for example, will just have to peak emotionally and physically for the trials. Um, but 
I don't know. I feel like whatever situation you're in, you, you shape your narrative to think that whatever you're doing is the best for you. Um, so there's only so much that thinking about what other people are doing and what their buildup is like, that's not really going to change your buildup or your fitness or your ability to race. So I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a waste of time to get too hung up on what, uh, other groups of people are doing. Well, that, that is advice that does not just apply to the trials in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but no, that was, that was kind of a half segue because it's not just college kids. You're going to have to worry about these trials. Uh, I don't have much to say about Hobbs Kessler running 334, which is the high school national record in the 1500 by a margin yeah. and is faster than Yared Nagus, who just set the NCA record, uh, I think also at 334. Um, I don't have much to say about it that is like unique or, or any sort of take. I feel like or anything I want to listen to. Uh, it's really fast. It's really impressive. I don't know him. I don't know anything about kind of the work he does. It's, he's obviously training with... Mason Furlick, who's having a great year so far, uh, Nick Willis, and those guys up in Ann Arbor. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say, I, in my opinion, except for like hella props to you. And <laughs> uh, that that is super impressive. I don't I don't know if you have any sort of thoughts on it, having also run pretty fast in the in the mile in high school, but still, nothing. I mean, nothing like three thirty four. Yeah, I mean that that's a to- totally new level. Um, yeah, I mean he's broken records by such large margins you know yeah there, there's really no hot takes other than the guy's clearly yeah, incredibly kind of a, talented yeah <laughs> and bad podcast material it's insane and he's yeah, just saying, there's nothing to say yeah he's incredibly talented obviously works hard has you know i've a ton of respect for coach warhurst um you know i i grew up in michigan and he was in ann arbor when when i was growing up uh coaching you know willis and a couple other pros there and always admired the guy you know he's kind of no nonsense, old school coach. Um, and he's done a great job with Hobbs. Um, yeah, I feel like there's, there's no hot takes besides just, yeah, major respect for what they're doing. That, that whole, uh, group has been running incredibly well and it seems like they're, you know, well-prepared for, for the trials and everything. So I think, I think Hobbs has, uh, the Michigan state meet next week. So that'll be really interesting to see, you know, how he deals with all that stuff. Um, you know, does he double, does he triple, does he quadruple? Um, you know, does he try to break records there? Does he just try to win? Uh, any upsets? I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be cool. You know, I the assume guys you just, have a lot of the records. Are you nervous? Um, I believe I have the 1600 record. I think Ritz has the 3200 record. Um, you know, based on being a 334 guy now, I would say Hobbs can <laughs> can solo and easily break my record. Um, and I don't think I'd be too upset. You know, he's by far the best high school miler that has been around in, you know, decades. I'd say Jim Ryan is the only name that really comes to mind. Alan Webb are like two guys that were just so transcendently above the level of everybody else at the time. Um you know, Webb able to run 353, Ryan, Jim Ryan being almost a world beater, you know, as a teenager in high school, um, you know, making teams just, you know, this larger than life guy that is able to take over the world running scene when he's so young. Um, those are really yeah. the only names that come to mind. So he's, he's with elite company. Um, I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, based on his times, he is the best American high school miler ever. Um, mm-hmm. and I'd say that'd be a legitimate argument to make. Yeah, no, that is, wow. It, it, it's been something special to watch. That 1500 was really good. Uh, Craig ran 333 to win. Uh, there was like a ton of guys looking at the results. There's like so many guys in that like next, like second or two range, 335 and sub 335. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, really, really talented group of Americans in, in all these events we got coming up. Um, that that is exciting, and then there, there's the whole there's um, so Stump Stumptown was really good. The only other big stuff was the regional meets in the NCA system. Um, I mean, we're not like, a lot of people ran a lot of races. It seems like nationals will be will be a good time for all. Stanford had two guys qualify on the men's side: uh, Charles in the five and the ten, and then Kai Robinson in the in the steeple, which was awesome to see. Um, had a lot of had some near misses as well, and some some close calls, but. Yeah, um, it'll be excited to see those two guys run at NCAs next week, and then we had a lot of like a lot of women qualify as well in the distance events. Um, Ella, Christina, Julia, 
Um, am I forgetting anyone? Yeah, I don't know. But regionals for the West was in A&M, and it was like 90 degrees with humidity or something. So uh, a pretty warm one down there for the guys. The guys in the 5K had a lightning delay like four hours before their race, and they just didn't race on Friday. They raced on Saturday instead. So dealt with a lot of you know curveballs, as did everyone in that race. But um, yeah, I was still, was still proud of those guys. I don't know. I don't have any big takes on the regional meets. Uh, those always seem like you know, a hurdle to get through before the big one. And I think Merber had a tweet that was like, no one cares about regionals. It's a qualifying meet. And <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, it, it's qualifying <laughs> for that bigger one, I guess. Yeah, you know, the the depth in the NCAA right now is just crazy. Um, it's, it's very impressive to see just, you know, how many guys in the 5K have run 1330 or faster. It's, it's you mm-hmm. know, way, way more than when I was in school. Um, same on the women's side, the depth is, is really, really impressive. And, um, I don't, I, I, I don't, I didn't see the, uh, the Merber tweet, but I wouldn't dismiss regionals that easily. You know, regionals are hard to get through. Um, you know, there were times in the West region in the 5k where there'd be a heat with me, Sean, all the NAU guys, all the BYU guys, and then like Morgan McDonald and, and it was, and the Oregon guys, those are hard heats to get through, and you have to be they top might be five. Harder. Yeah, they might be harder, definitely more stressful than NCAs itself. Like, I, I, I agree. I don't, I mean, like, I just wasn't sure how, like, minutiae we wanted to dive into there. My, <laughs> my year at regionals, yeah, I was in the heat with you and Morgan, like, right off the bat. It's like, okay, we're not getting that stuff. And Cooper <laughs> and Luis and, and, and all those guys, they, you know, the, the depth of those teams is also better now with Oregon and NAU and, and us, so... No, I mean, to qualify through the Nationals, especially on the West, is like, I mean, geez, some of those regional heats are, are just as stacked as Nationals. Um, so it's 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 pretty, I mean, it's really impressive for everyone to make it through. At the same time, like, yeah, I guess it, it's hard to like, for everyone who made it through, I'm sure that their eyes are now focused just on, you know, on Nationals. So it's hard to give out any like, hey, like, heck of a job now, like culminating your season, you know, because everyone wants to now go peak at the next one. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you look at a guy like Alec who ran what like thirteen thirty five in Oregon, um, had has run fast into ten as well, and was, I mean, had another year where he came into Bell Lab like right on like the twelfth spot in the ten k, um, and just faded, and then had, and then was eighth in his heat of the five k where the top seven all got in, um, which is just like it was heartbreaking, um, watching that and, like he's an incredibly accomplished runner, but an all Americans like. Yeah, you're the odd man out in the West um, in those situations in the five. So it, I mean, it is it is like stacked, stacked for sure. Um, yeah, just just I mean, but also that's what makes it fun, I guess, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, if you get to nationals, like you you've been through the gauntlet already, uh, and they're probably a little, I mean, <laughs> this goes back to the framing narrative thing that you talked about a little bit ago. I mean, <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. says like in the West, they're like, oh yeah, we'd rather be here. Like it's it's stacked. That's uh. <laughs> You know, once you get through, you're in such a good spot for nationals. But I mean, at the same time, I'm sure in the other region, it's it's like, oh no, it's like nice to actually get through the regional sometimes. <laughs> so it probably just it probably just depends. Yeah, you frame you frame your narrative as you see fit. You know, I I always in college would be like, you know, the East Regional is so easy to get through, and the men's distances West is so hard. Um, but I, I mean, that's probably somewhat just me being like, you know, you always think what you're going through is like way harder than what everybody else has to go through. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's like running or like any adversity you're facing, I feel like, um, so yeah, I feel like it's a little biased, but I, I don't know. I feel like objectively the West region is very difficult to get through in the distances, uh, at least when I was in school. Um, and it, it may have been, may have been a little easier in the, in the East region to get through to, to the nationals in like 5k, 10k, 1500. I mean, it's, it's, it's dirty now. It's also gotten better in the East. I didn't really check the East as much this year. Um, I said to see that Thomas Ratcliffe got through, which was awesome yeah. uh, in, in the five. But yeah, I, oh man, the West is stacked. I wanted to talk, you probably didn't watch regionals at all. Um, both events, Kip to Iowa State, um, you know, we, we've talked about him before. He wears gloves at every race, uh, you know, like doubled at indoor uh, or came back ran cross really aggressively almost won he both of his events 10k and 5k comes goes out in like 61 and immediately puts 20 meters and then just 
I mean, the 5K he came through in, I think, 412 or 413, very fast. The 10K, I think, was a little slower, but still very fast. And just completely gapped. And I thought that was, he just completely gapped everyone and then ran, you know, basically what they were running, maybe a little bit faster, a little bit slower, depending on the race. And I thought that was such an interesting and good strategy to employ for him at the regional meet specifically. You know, if I went and did that, no one would respect it and I'd have to hold on. Uh, Kip 2 doing that, it's, you know, it makes every other guy make a decision of like, am I going to be the one to go with him? One guy did go with him in the 10K and it completely burned him and he didn't make it. Um, so it's 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 interesting by him to just like get away and hide and be like, this is, I'm going to secure a top 12 spot, you know, or a top five spot in my heat easily by doing it that way. Because everyone else is, no one else thinks they can touch me and everyone else is paranoid with what else is going on in the heat. Um, that'll be really interesting to see how NCAs goes too, because you're going to have guys, like, people probably aren't just going to let him run away. Although I guess he did kind of run away, um, in the five and in cross a little bit, but in outdoor, I feel like guys are going to try to hold on. I don't know what you think about that kind of strategy of just, just tucking away and hiding. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting strategy, um, because it forces people to show their cards, you know, you can't wait until the very end to show your cards if a guy is has 100 meters on you with a lap to go um with a lap in <laughs> yeah 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 a lap in and then has <laughs> maintained it to them, a lap yeah. to go like yeah it's a little different at regionals you know you see someone go off like that and you know crank this a really aggressive pace you can make the rationale you know in the 5k i only have to get second through fifth um and then in the 10K, I could see you letting him go and saying, okay, I only have to get second through 12th to qualify. At nationals, it's different. You know, are you going, are you willing to race for second after the first lap? Are you willing to do that? Or are you going to show your cards and go with it and see what happens? Um, that's if he employs the exact same strategy. Uh, I know on the East, in, in the 1500, uh, Elliot Kipsang has been doing a similar strategy of just soloing 335 336 and seeing you know go with me if you dare um basically and uh it's worked out quite well for him um and yeah we'll see if people go with him at ncaa's if they let him go if he lets it go tactical or or what the strategy will be but yeah it's a bold strategy and it it makes it so you can't you can't hide you can't you know surprise people um given that that um that kip two has done that a few times and hasn't like blown up or anything he's been totally within himself you know you can't let him go and say oh yeah he'll come back uh like he'll no, he'll he blow up he'll yeah. slow down he clearly doesn't so you yep. if he does that again you either have to go with him and you know think that that's your way to try to win this race or not go with him and say okay i'm racing for second basically so well the interesting thing in the five though is some of these guys have you know i think didn't cooper or coles like they like were with him at oregon in the 5k when everyone like broke 1320 like they you know he'll really have to go out aggressively to get anything away from any like from some of those top guys um through like a couple laps of that 5k because like you're gonna have to be putting it somewhere close to 13 flat pace i feel like if you're gonna want them not to go because, you know, they, they've run really fast, honest efforts, too. So that'll, and at regionals, I mean, I assume everyone's just trying to get through, you know, so you're more comfortable letting it go, yeah. trusting your kick, I guess. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to see at nationals, because I don't know if he'll be able to break away that easily, at least in the five. Yeah, um, I, I mean, a I, lot I, of talented guys in the 10, too. It's just about who's going to actually sustain for a full 10K. I would be shocked if people let him go. I, I yeah. would be very shocked. It's nationals. There's This is, you know for seniors or fifth years this is your last shot you got to make a go for it you got to make an attempt at least you can't just completely concede one lap into the race um i would be completely shocked if people let him completely go it'll be fun to watch yeah oh i'm excited yeah damn well uh that's all i really had to talk about we've been going for an hour yeah yeah um I'm excited next week, you know, no race for you, but, uh, and no races in the NCA either, but then following we've got NCAs and then following we've got the big one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's right uh, around the corner. Excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Hey, thanks again, uh, for podding with me and thanks to everyone for listening to our app, Eva half step pod. 
Uh, we might have a special guest next week, still working on it. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys uh, next time on the Half Step Pod. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, guys.